Today on the Daily Gator Daily Thoughts, we've got uh, the arrival and passage now, the 831. We have to get all our people out of Afghanistan. So says the Taliban, who are apparently uh, the masters of the Biden administration. Well, what about all the military hardware? Was there really an effort to get every American out? And would Biden, would Team Biden, Team Mumbles even leave our uh, army service dogs to die? What the hell kind of administration do we have? We've got a very, very whiny, very, very privileged person on uh, NBC Sports. She used to work for ESPN, named Maria Taylor, who made some remarks a year ago. I just became aware of. And I'm going to replay them. I'm going to get into that because, again, I'm sick of privileged people pretending they're victims and browbeating the rest of us as if there's some type of caped moral super crusader who's going to browbeat us into submitting and, and kissing their feet and telling us that we must follow narratives or else. Really? And I'm sick of people playing the privilege card when they're the most privileged people walking the earth. All that and more today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought. Time to kick this pig. Leave no man behind. It's kind of a thing with our military and our country's history and heritage. You don't abandon your comrades. No man left behind. Our military's that's one of our key our military's key principles. And it's always been such a massive deal with this great country. So did Team Biden really try to get every American out of Afghanistan? And why do they keep throwing this rhetoric out there about we can only get those out that want to get out? They keep referencing that. To me, that sounds like a backup excuse that they can say, well, ultimately, they just didn't want to get out. I wonder about that, my friends. It sounds sounds crazy, I guess, but I don't think it is. And we're also going to get into leaving service dogs behind. 
man's best friend. Not Democrats' best friends, apparently. And we have some uh, from ABC News, George Stephanopoulos. He smells something funny. He, of course, is a left-wing guy. Worked uh, for the uh, the uh, Obama, uh, I'm sorry, the Clinton administration. So he's not exactly friendly to conservative talking points, but listen to what he had to ask a uh, uh, one of the flunkies from uh, Team Biden. And then I'll have some comments after after you listen to that, my friends. Check this out. Weeks ago, the president told me that American military would stay until all Americans were out. At least 100 Americans remained. What is the plan to get them out? Well, first, as General McKenzie said yesterday, we continue our mission to get them out. It's just that it has shifted from a military mission to a diplomatic mission. And we have considerable leverage over the Taliban to ensure that any remaining American citizen will be able to get out. And I would point out to you, George, that on August 14th, when this evacuation mission began, we believed that there were between 5,500 and 6,000 Americans in Afghanistan. We got out between 5,500 and 6,000 people, Americans from Afghanistan. We got out 97 or 98% of those on the ground. And the small number who remain, uh, we contacted repeatedly over the course of two weeks to come to the airport, to come to a rally point. 5,500 or more did that. The small number who remain, we are committed to getting out and we will work through every available diplomatic means with the enormous leverage that we have and that the international community has to make that happen. That is not. So did you notice the weasel words, the weasel words of those who wanted to leave, those who wanted to get out? And it seems kind of, I don't know, I think the thing that sticks in my crawl the most is when this idiot says, well, we've, we're just done with the military part of it. Now it's the diplomatic part, and we have tremendous leverage over the Taliban. I don't think President Biden or his administration or any of the buffoons uh, that work in that administration have any authority, any position of power at all. I don't think they have leverage over a wet paper bag open at both ends if they were trying to get out of that bag, frankly. I don't have any faith in their ability. I don't have any faith in their intelligence. I don't have any faith for them to do the right thing except for what they think is the right thing, the best thing for themselves. That's just the bottom line for me. Any American left behind to me has been stranded, abandoned, and told by Team Biden, let's be specific, screw you, you don't count, you're not important. Rotten hell or Afghanistan, whichever you get there first. Uh, and let's talk about something else we're leaving behind. We'll get into the extreme amount of military hardware we left. You're not going to believe the numbers and, and the volume and the amount of weaponry we left for the uh, for the pig fucking Taliban, excuse me for being offensive, but I just, I have to get this, this anger out a little bit. And if intercoursing goats, well, it's pretty much what the Taliban does, isn't it? But, uh, from moon battery, here's a story. Military dogs left to die in Afghanistan. He said, uh, they write, you can tell a lot about people by how they treat our four-legged friends. The Biden regime doesn't treat them any better than it treats us. It unnecessarily left Americans behind to face a terrifying fate in Afghanistan. 
and it did the same to military service dogs. Uh, this is from Breitbart.com. Excuse me. Dr. Robert R. Gansert, who's CEO of the Washington, D.C.-based American Humane, said on Monday dozens of contract dogs have been left behind to be tortured and killed at the hands of our enemies. You know, Muslims, the radical Islamists, the specialists, they, they don't like dogs. Dogs are dirty. Dogs are bad. Dogs are, I guess, next to pig in, in the uh, being disgusting category. As the country's first national humane organization and largest certifier of animal welfare in the world, <clears throat> it sickens us to sit idly by and watch these brave dogs who have val valiantly served our country to be put to death or worse, Ganser said. Another group, Veteran Sheepdogs of America, said on Monday it was attempting to get 51 working dogs out of Kabul. Uh... And Moon Battery makes this point that Germany and Spain, apparently who love dogs more than the American government does now, Germany and Spain were more successful and repatriated all their work dogs without a problem. And of course, as I mentioned, dogs are considered unclean to Islam. Uh, this is via Jihad Watch. Uh, once Gabriel promised the prophet that he would visit him, but Gabriel did not come. And later on, he said, we angels do not enter a house which contains a picture or a dog. Uh, that is from the Quran. And there are some other uh, quotes from the Quran here. And this is, uh, this is really from Front Page Magazine. Dogs are subjected to malign neglect and deliberate mistreatment in Muslim countries. Even in the West, Muslim taxi drivers often refuse to let dogs in their cars, including, yes, seeing-eye dogs. Uh, dogs are not considered pets in Afghan culture. So what's going to happen to these dogs, these uh, four-legged uh, heroes or four-legged friends? And if you don't think a dog is your friend, then you've never owned a dog. And I'll say this, if your religion teaches you that dogs are bad or unclean or unfit or should be tortured or killed, you need Jesus bad. And I'm not the most pious or religious person in the world, but if you have those feelings toward a dog, there's something really deeply wrong and flawed with your moral compass. In fact, I don't think you have a moral compass but again, what does this matter? <clears throat> Team Biden, they can uh, they can leave behind Americans, service dogs. And now also we have to include this, my friends. The, the amount of military hardware they're leaving behind. While at the same time, as Tucker Carlson in this clip notes, they're trying to disarm us. Now they're into, you knew it had to come. They're into the banning ammunition game now. Here's a, here's a cut from Tucker Carlson you need to hear, and uh, you need to listen. Frightening times, my friends. Afghanistan, the Biden administration left behind an awful lot of Americans, but also nearly $90 billion in military equipment. How much is that? Well, only two countries on the planet have a military budget larger, China and the United States. So the Taliban now have the best equipped military of its size in the history of the world. 
What do they have? Well, according to a tally by the Times of London, the Taliban just received more than 22,000 Humvees, more than 50,000 trucks and other armored vehicles, as well as a sizable air force. It comes with four C-130 transport planes, dozens of other fixed-wing aircraft, and up to 350 combat helicopters. The Taliban now has more Black Hawks than many developed nations, and those are just the vehicles. Taliban soldiers also got more than 350,000 American rifles, 126,000 handguns, and approximately 64,000 heavy machine guns. It's quite an arsenal. It's all at your expense. It's a disaster, obviously, but it also makes for a striking contrast with what is happening in this country. At the very moment the White House is arming our new friends, the Taliban, they are working hard to disarm you. Whether or not it makes the news, it is happening. The administration just announced quietly it is banning some of the most commonly purchased ammunition in the United States. This move will certainly and intentionally lead to severe shortages in this country. That's why they did it. Joe Biden himself has said repeatedly he would like to prevent you from owning the firearms that most Americans use to defend themselves and their families. And those efforts are now accelerating. So how about this as an answer? No. You're not allowed to give more than half a million guns to the Taliban, guns that we paid for, and then try and take our guns away in this country. Sorry, that's not how it works. So shut up and back off. Now, one more word about gun control from these people until they get back every single rifle from Kandahar. That is the rule. Wow. That makes you, uh, makes you think, doesn't it? Uh, I forget who's the first person I ever heard say it, but it was a gun control activist. Uh, basically, they said, what good are guns if they can't have bullets? Ration the bullets, go after the ammunition. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, but they're disbanding, for now, Russian ammunition. Next, it will be something else they'll ban, some other import from somewhere or some classification. Maybe they'll go after frangible ammunition, meaning hollow-point bullets, uh, self-defense ammo. Uh, maybe they'll go after... <clears throat> who knows, some component, maybe there, there's uh, too much lead in it, or maybe there's not lead in it. It, it. They'll go after every little thing they can to pick off ammunition, which will, of course, in, increase the price greatly. It will increase demand. It will make many people not be able to buy ammunition in significant amounts. It will cut down on, on training with your firearm, which is one of the key key parts of being a responsible gun owner is having your gun, taking it to the range and making sure you're as proficient as possible with that weapon. But if you can't afford full metal jacket ammunition or range ammo, as most people call it, then how are you going to become proficient? How are you going to defend yourself ultimately? And who knows what that'll lead to? rationing ammunition down the road. Maybe they can come up with some executive order or who knows what else. They don't care if terrorists have weapons. That's okay. Again, this would never have happened under Trump, either one of these things. Remember that. All you Biden voters should be embarrassed and should be kissing the ass of every American you see who voted for Trump, frankly, because you have screwed this country with this buffoon administration that it has far more ideologically in common with the Communist Manifesto than the Constitution of the United States.
If you line up the statements and beliefs of Marx, Engels, Lenin, Stalin, etc., 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 and compared them to our Constitution, they wouldn't line up at all. Compared to our founders, who were great men, who did great things, who, who founded the greatest country on earth. And yet, yet the Democratic Party increasingly sides with the Communist Manifesto and communists, outright communists. The Democratic Party of, of Truman or even JFK no longer exists. It's not even a hint or a ghost of what it once was. There are no more JFKs. There are no more Democrats. There basically are leftists and Republicans and conservatives with some libertarians assorted libertarians thrown in. And you Democrats, you Biden voters voted for this this absolute train wreck. Thanks a bunch. Thanks an absolute bunch. Now let's go to the, what will be the final segment today, I believe. About a year ago, a little over a year, it was back in, uh, I believe, June or late May of 2020. During the NFL's, uh, you know, getting ready for the 2020 season, Drew Brees sat down with an interview and he was asked a question about protests and particularly kneeling during the national anthem or, you know, and he basically said, look, I had grandfathers that fought in the Second World War. I've always associated that flag with our military. I would never do anything to disrespect that flag. So basically, he said in a very nice way, no, I don't believe that that's the way to do your protest. I don't think that's right. I think it's disrespectful. But he said in a very, very kind way. Drew Brees strikes me as a really nice guy. Well, he got a firestorm of controversy. A lot of his teammates get mad at him and accused him of being a racist and whatever. Again, these big, burly, tough football players can't take someone's opinion that hurts their little feelings, apparently. And, of course, Drew Brees did the wrong thing. He groveled like a little bitch. And I'll never forgive him for that. Then his wife groveled and begged forgiveness. What Drew Brees should have done was said, look, what I said was reasonable and fair. I was asked my opinion. I gave it. The day that you put being my teammate behind me offering an honest and respectful opinion, then maybe you were never my teammate. Maybe you need to look in the mirror and see how tolerant you are. Maybe you need to learn to listen to differing points of views and, and learn that other people don't agree with you on everything. And maybe you should stop intimidating people or trying to intimidate people and bullying them into, into forcing them to agree with you. Or that, or either stay silent, or give the answer you're supposed to, or they give the answer that you think they would want you to do. But I don't live my life that way. If you can't handle an honest opinion, go look in the mirror, because the problem will look at you back in the face from the mirror. I'm not your problem. That's what Drew Brees should have done. Instead, he groveled, and he made really uh, just a worm of himself. I don't know what other animal form to compare him to, but a worm, frankly. But but all in all, he's seen, always seemed like a nice guy. 
Now, he has a gig on NBC Sports, their NFL coverage this year. I believe he's a studio analyst or something. Maria Taylor, who was at ESPN, got paid a whole lot of money, as in millions of dollars, I do believe, to come to work for NBC Sports, is going to also be a part of the NBC NFL coverage team. If you go back to last year after Drew Brees made his comments, That Bart hurts so many snowflakes. Maria Taylor went on uh, first take uh, with Stephen A. Smith and uh, at the time, uh, the social justice warrior in training, uh, Max Kellerman were on there and they were very woke and they were, they had Maria Taylor on and she cried and whined and bitched and really uh, showed herself to be always seemed like a nice person to me. I don't have anything against her. She's good on the air. She's attractive. She's got all the things that uh, make a good sports reporter, sports announcer, a sideline reporter, whatever it is she's going to do. Uh, but she's a very privileged person. But she was so angry with Drew Brees, and she said some things that even though this is a year ago, this is classic example. Listen to the tone of her voice. Listen to her preaching. Listen to her sermon. Listen to her lecturing. Listen to her. And just you can see the finger-wagging totalitarian in Maria Taylor as you listen to this cut of her. Then I'll come back with some comments. Here you go. Maria Taylor, misintolerance apparently. really also about changing minds in a guy like Drew Brees' case and not just hearts unless you suspect maybe, maybe for good reason, I don't know about his heart. Yes. Let me be clear. I don't know about his heart either, but I know what should reside in your heart is empathy and I don't believe that you have to be trolled and dragged through Twitter and Instagram in order to change your mind and realize that what you said was intolerant and or could be considered insensitive later. If you had been educated and forced to confront the issues and like I said, had empathy in your heart, then you would have known the black experience is not easy, especially when 70% of your league is African-American. And these are the conversations that you should have had. So maybe it's not, not as whole hearts bad, but something about empathy was off. If the first thing, the first thing out of his mouth was it's disrespect. I will not tolerate anything that is disrespectful to our nation and the flag. That was the first thing. Now, if you would have came out and said, if you would have said, Oh, well, you know, I understand why it happens and I understand the meaning of protest and why we need it. However, X, Y, Z, but that's not the way it went down in that conversation. And it wasn't a quote in a magazine. It wasn't a quote in a newspaper. And I'm exhausted and I'm tired of having to listen to someone say something like that and then have to sit back and be like, well, maybe he did it. Maybe it's not his heart and it's this and it's that. When you reveal yourself to me and you say something like that and you say it out of an intolerant mind and or heart or a non-empathetic heart and for the last five years, all we've done is see countless deaths in the street. My patience left my body when I watched George Floyd take his last breath. Well, did you catch that, folks? I mean, she went after him with a vengeance. She can sit there, I'm not questioning your heart. Yes, you are. She sounds like a spiteful, angry, ignorant buffoon. That's what Maria Taylor sounds like. And look, 
let's address the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room is this, Maria Taylor. Actually, there's two elephants. But the first one I noticed is that you're one of these people on the left that spews ignorance, spews hatred, spews bigotry, and then accuses everyone else of doing it and pretends that you're a victim. Oh, my God, I feel I'm such a victim. You didn't own anything, Maria Taylor. The fact is, let's talk about privilege for just a second. You have so much privilege. Why the hell do you think if you're such a victim, you're making millions of dollars a year doing a job that basically doesn't mean a damn thing in the world of sports? Any football fan worth their weight in you-know-what can figure out without you having any input or any sideline reporter. And I'm not knocking sideline reporters. It's a job. Someone's going to pay you to do it. God bless you for taking the money. Good for you. And good for all, all the sideline reporters. But that's basically your job is to add a little flair or attractiveness or whatever. NBC, CBS, anybody could do football, college football, pro football, even Australian rules football, if you can handle watching that crap. Even that without sideline reporters and pretty faces to look at. And you're making millions of dollars because you're privileged. And part of that privilege, make no mistake, Maria Taylor, is that you're black and a woman. Now, there's practical things. Obviously, you went to the University of Georgia. You were on the volleyball team. You're an excellent player. You're an athlete. You got a great speaking voice. You have a good on-screen uh, persona. But behind it all, all that's privilege. All those things make you a privileged person. And yet you still want to play the victim? Let's look at your words, Maria Taylor. I know the year old, but this is just what's happening today still. Fact is, we have more Maria Taylors now than we had in June of 2020 when these words were uttered on June 5th on ESPN. What, listen to what she said, the tone, you heard the tone. Very dismissive, very arrogant, very holier than thou. Like that angry preacher that's condemning his congregation for not living up to his standards. Remember, she said, if you had been educated and forced to confront the issues, in other words, Drew Brees, you're ignorant. Is that friendly language? Is that language that's supposed to make somebody see things your way, Maria Taylor, by leading off with, you're ignorant, you're stupid, you're dumb? You're not educated and forced to confront issues. And like I said, had empathy in your heart. I thought you weren't going to judge his heart. You just did. You just accuse a man of having no empathy. The man was asked a question. He answered it for himself. I thought we all had to have our truth. Our story. But maybe that doesn't apply to Drew Brees because he's a white man, especially because rumors are he, he is or was a, some sort of a conservative. So he's stupid. You've called him stupid. You said he has no empathy in his heart, which means he's a bad person. Then you would have known the black experience is not easy. And there's the race card. Maria Taylor suffered a whole life because she's black. That's why she's making millions of dollars doing a job that just about any damn body could do, Maria Taylor. Sorry if the truth hurts, 
But if it hurts, that's your problem, and it's your privilege. And I don't, I don't begrudge anybody a privilege. It's part of life. That's the truth about privilege. It's part of everyone's life. Some people have it in some ways. Some people have it in others. Some people have a whole bunch all across the spectrum. Some have none. Some have next to none. It's just the way it is. Privilege is not uh, distributed equally. And it's not earned equally because, by God, some privilege is earned. The fact that you were an athlete at the University of Georgia and a prominent athlete at that, yes, that's part of your privilege, but nobody gave that to you, Maria Taylor. Hard work gave that to you. Just like hard work gave Drew Brees his privilege of being a starting quarterback in the NFL. You deserve credit, and you deserve praise for helping yourself. So does he. And I didn't hear Drew Brees come out and judge anyone's heart or anyone's intelligence, Maria Taylor. No, 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 that was you. That was your arrogant ass showing, Maria Taylor. And if if you happen to hear this podcast and it hurts your feelings, too damn bad. I don't care. I'm sick of intellectual bullies like you taking advantage of nice guys like Drew Brees. And now you're going to work with him and you're going to pose for pictures. Oh, he's such a great guy. Yeah, as long as he's kissing your ass, he's a good guy. Otherwise, he's an unempathetic buffoon who needs to just shut up. She continued, especially when 70% of your league is African-American. And these are the conversations that you should have had. So now she's telling Drew Brees, again, conversations she should have had. conversations that Drew Brees should have had and better have had and better have in the future. And she doesn't mean conversations like Drew Brees is going to interact and converse with somebody. No, no, no. She means him sitting there with a guilty face and pretending that he's a victimizer or an oppressor or something because he's a white male in America. Consider the remarks the man made. He said, for me, it's disrespectful to soldiers to kneel when the anthem's playing. Most Americans feel that way, Maria Taylor. And you know what? If I was trying to prove a point, if I was trying to drive a narrative like you're trying to drive, if I was trying to, quote, educate people like you claim to be, I wouldn't be browbeating them. I wouldn't be talking down and wagging my little finger of moral superiority at them. And by the way, you might want to consider your own language and look in the mirror a long time, Maria Taylor, before you think you're morally superior to anybody. My patience left my body, she said, when I watched George Floyd take his last breath. What in the blue hell did George Floyd, dying of an overdose, not not uh, not saying the cop was not a fault, not saying the cop didn't help, not saying the cop shouldn't be in prison. But George Floyd was going to die that day of an overdose. George Floyd had held a gun to a woman's stomach to rob her. Whether she was pregnant or not at the time really doesn't matter. He held a gun and mortally threatened someone's life if they didn't give him money. He was a drug addict. He'd overdosed before. I don't want to see anybody overdose. I would prefer no one did drugs. But George Floyd had a lot of role in his own death. 
That's a fact. Does that make it right? Does that make it a good thing? No. Does it mean his family isn't heartbroken? No. And I feel for his family. The people that really cared about it, I feel for them. Doesn't mean that wasn't a damn bad cop, because it was. Doesn't mean his ass shouldn't be in prison, because it is, and probably should be. But this moral relativism has to stop. And Maria Taylor, you're too smart to be this stupid. But you're all in on the, I'm a black, therefore I'm victim. I'm a woman, I'm a victim. I'm a black woman, I'm a double victim. B.S. You're a privileged person and a talented, gifted person, Maria Taylor. That's why you're a success. And I don't begrudge you one second or one dollar of that success. I do begrudge the hell out of you snapping your fingers like you're someone's boss and you're going to tell people how to think, what to think, when to think it, and why to think it or else. That's what's got me fired up. I don't like arrogant bullies. And back then, a year ago, you were playing an arrogant bully. And if I read NBC Sports, believe me, I would take into consideration the things you said, and I wouldn't have hired you because I wouldn't hire a bully. I wouldn't hire somebody with anger issues or anger management issues, perhaps I should say. And I wouldn't hire somebody who thinks they're better than everyone else. Wouldn't have hired that person either. A lot of your privilege or lack thereof depends on your behavior, Maria Taylor. She continued, so if that didn't affect you and make you want to reassess the way that you're going to address a question that includes racial justice in our country after you watch that man die in the middle of the street, something's off. I don't know if it's your heart. I don't know if it's your mind, but I don't accept either of them anymore. I will not tolerate it anymore. Talk about fake anger. Talk about staged, staged up, staged outrage syndrome. That's what that sounds like to Marie Maria Taylor. Again, this was a year ago, but it still matters. Because this is the at the heart of what the left believes now. They're giving us more and more people who are angry, who are bitter. They don't know why. They don't understand why. They're they're idiots in many times, in many occasions, <clears throat> but they're outraged because they've been taught and conditioned to believe that somehow they are a victim. And that's no way to treat anybody. And I'm sick and tired of leftist knuckleheads whacking their finger in my face and other people's faces, telling us everyone else has to change, bend over backwards, silence their views, change their views, or hang their head in shame if they have a difference of opinion. If you can't handle hearing someone's difference of opinion, if you can't listen to what Drew Brees said, Maria Taylor, again, all the man said was he thought it was disrespectful. He would never kneel during the national anthem. Doesn't he have a right to his own truth and his own opinion, Maria Taylor? Are you going to tell him because he's white the man that he is unfit to have the same rights as you talk about privilege. Then she says, Drew Brees, I will accept your apology. Oh, well, the heavens parted for that one. I'm sure Drew Brees can go on with the rest of his life now, but I don't have to sit here and wonder what is wrong or what is right. And guess if you're a good or bad person, I'm not the judge and or the jury. Well, you're damn sure sounding like you think you are, Maria Taylor.
you know, I used to really like Bria Taylor. It's one of those people that eh, seems like a cool lady. I like to grab a beer, just hang out and talk to people. Certain people you see on TV say, that person seems cool. Like Vince Vaughn, he just seems like he's a cool guy. Kurt Russell, cool guy. Maria Taylor used to seem like a cool, cool lady. But I guess since I'm a white male, she'd just be judging me the whole time and finding ways to accuse me of not having empathy or heart or being stupid or uneducated or ignorant or somehow a racist. That's a shame. And then she concludes, shame on you, Drew Brees. Would Drew Brees do this if there was no backlash? Did your heart actually change? You're not doing the right thing before. I really wonder why the apology is happening now. Well, again, Drew Brees didn't owe you an apology, and he shouldn't have given you one because you don't deserve one, and the, the all the offended people didn't deserve one. Because the man was asked a question, he answered it. In a civilized, rational, sane society, Maria Taylor, when someone asks you a question, you answer it. And let the chips fall where they may. If that hurts someone's feelings, what they say, or another person wants to stand and applaud, whatever. You want to live in a diverse country, Maria Taylor? Or do you want to live in a country where everyone should come check with you before they opine on anything? Perhaps... Perhaps, Maria Taylor, you wonderful saint of a human being, maybe you could send me your email. And I could I could email you before I go to the grocery store. You could tell me what foods to buy, what books to read, what, what things I should erase off my DVR because you wouldn't approve. Maybe you could have me and Drew Brees and everyone else just record things on the DVR that you agree with. Maybe I should purge my blog of any links that would offend you. I mean, you're the privileged, brilliant person, right? Who's going to be a, a wonderful human being by not condemning Drew Brees to hell yet? I wonder if Maria Taylor ever regrets that. Probably not because a year after making those unbelievably intolerant ass backwards remarks and making an ass of herself to anyone with a brain uh, a brain cell functioning or an IQ above room temperature. She's making millions of dollars working for, N for NBC. And the lady who also worked for ESPN, by the way, who dared to say she didn't want to have her career 86 axed, shit canned, out of here, finito on ESPN by rewarding Maria Taylor, said she had nothing against Maria Taylor. This was Rachel Nichols. But Rachel Nichols recognized, hey, they're taking things from me and giving them to Maria Taylor. That was recorded. And now she's out of out of ESPN. She's fired. Maybe you should apologize for helping in some way anyway, Maria Taylor, to get Rachel Nichols fired. Or does it make you feel good? Or maybe if you think Rachel Nichols doesn't have enough empathy. Or she's just some white bitch. Who knows what Maria Taylor thinks. And for those of you who thinks I've been too hard on Maria Taylor, it's not just Maria Taylor. It's the mindset she represents. And it's a tube of food, Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman and whatever nodding idiot hosted this edition of uh, a first take on ESPN. It's at them for letting her get by with this BS. Getting by with the absolute lies 
about privilege and race and racism and blah, 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 blah. And then when she started getting negative tweets, people actually disagreeing with her, what did Maria Taylor do? Well, she told her truth that she's a victim. Uh, one gentleman, I think it was a gentleman, tweeted some negative comments to her, and she tweeted back, I don't know how you got my number, but I don't care how much you guys harass me. I will still use my voice passionately and decisively right now so that others can be heard later. Well, how altruistic of you. You're like, uh, I don't know, you're like Gandhi and Martin Luther King had a baby, I guess. The thing is, if you want to speak your voice and have your truth, that's fine. But people on Twitter, they get to do the same thing. That's what people like Maria Taylor never understand. That freedom of speech is not one way. It's two ways. And when you say something, guess what? You're going to get reactions too. You're not the only one entitled to a reaction, Maria Taylor. Everyone else is too. That's why America is America. A free country. But I guess I kind of get the hint that maybe you don't really think it's a free country. Because people still have some type of right to tweet you and disagree with you. They should have empathy, right? They should just shut up and have you run their lives for them. What a great situation it would for you, be for Maria Taylor. What a shame. What a shame. A person so talented can be so objectly stupid and biased and racist and not even realize it. And that's it for me, my friends. Thank you for listening. And thank you for uh, putting up with my anger. Sometimes I really do get agitated. And I, I, I think sometimes it's best to have a little anger in your voice. Maybe I'm wrong, but thank you for listening. God bless you. My friends, if you do want to support this, this blog, I don't, don't support anyone else to support mine because the money goes to me. But if you want to support the Delegator Daily Thought podcast or the Delegator.com, the blog that started it all, then please, you can go to the Delegator.com first post Look on the bottom. It's a buy now button. It says buy now. Links to my PayPal page. Pretty easy. If you want to become a subscriber and give a monthly donation to the Daily Gator Daily Thoughts, Anchor by Spotify is where you go. Anchor.fm. And you can uh, enter Doug Hagen and find my, my page. And you can set up to be a monthly contributor and subscriber. And you pick the money that comes out every month and goes to my endeavors my pursuit of greatness uh maybe i'll actually get halfway there one day who knows but thank you for listening i do appreciate it i will talk to you tomorrow my friends if my voice isn't too hoarse sometimes they go a little hard on the pipes and they're not quite what they used to be but again thanks for listening take care remember the three golden rules of life if you're left, you will never be right, Maria Taylor. Go Gators. Opening opening game, Florida Atlantic coming to the swamp. Going home with their tails between their legs. And yes, God bless America. 
Thank you, my friends. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Be good to one another, will you? Be good. Be nice. Nice is always better. Take care. God bless you. I know you love me, but I say it. I love you all, too. Take care. Minana, my friends. Minana. You didn't know I spoke French, did you? Uh Uh-huh, that's right.